It's time for you to look inward and begin asking yourself the big questions. Who are you? And what do you want? The greatest illusion of this world is the illusion of separation. You can't wait around for someone to help you. You have to help yourself. Hi, I'm Matthew Diaz. I'm an integrative health coach and founder of Root Level Wellness. I help empowered people to remove their root level causes behind their surface level symptoms so that they can have the health and life they deserve. Now, have you ever wondered if EMFs affect the body or if they do, why? Now, I didn't really think too much about this conversation. I thought it was pretty much a conspiracy theory. But what if instead of calling it EMF, electromagnetic field, we call it EMR, electromagnetic radiation? It means the same thing, but uh, the terminology at the end, if it, you just change it a little bit, if you, that one word change really opens up the concept and possibility of this being a danger or a, uh, something serious to think about. Now, electricity is a natural part of life, and we give very little regard to it, unless we're talking about like electrocution uh, when it comes to electricity and health, um, or immediate irradiation like with x-rays and gamma rays and how that has an effect on the body. But we don't really think about our body's own environment when it comes to the uh, conduciveness, uh, the conductivity of electricity in the body so we just take everything for granted now I've talked I've talked many times about the minerals and how the imbalances with those can affect many processes and systems in the body but um, so I'll just speak speak briefly about that right now so um, as someone who has studied it and helped people with it and I've had my own uh, mineral imbalances that left uh, or that pretty much felt like it took away a, a the spark of life then and that's I bring that up because that's terminology that practitioners use when they then when they want to explain how minerals affect the body it, it gives people the spark of life and I believe that's because of the uh, electrical components or, or uh, properties the conductive properties of minerals the problems that I'm speaking to you about today is very subtle and that's pretty much where everything uh, pretty much every episode that I talk about uh, on the show is about subtle problems that lead to long-term issues it's not that the problem isn't there already it's cumulative and it takes time to develop into a problem that's really easily noticeable but we can always get ahead of that so um, let's talk about some really fundamental parts about the EMF conversation so that at least it sounds and makes more sense before I get into other episodes where it's a little bit deeper into the uh, EMF conversation. So this is, will be your EMF uh, 101 at least for uh, you know 20-30 minutes. So is the scientific community split when it comes to EMFs. So I wouldn't really say so. Uh, I've noticed that there you can find conflicting studies about everything and um, sometimes, most of the time, and in this case about EMFs, I think that's done absolutely on purpose, which I'll get into momentarily. So if um, so, you'll see studies that say yes it affects the health or no it doesn't affect health um, or if it does affect health it's very rare. That's pretty much the conversation. So if you find, um, uh, but once you look through the fundamentals and, and, and uh, hear this episode, at the end you're probably going to want to find some way of reducing EMFs because most likely it does affect the health, your health, and your family's health. So why not 
take it out of the equation. So uh, there is a similarity when it comes to the tobacco industry and the tobacco industry, that's right, and, and EMS. So um, with the tobacco industry, they had evidence, scientific evidence, uh, for 50 plus years before they were they were found out to, to be covering it up. And um, I believe in the last episode or two, I did talk about the Johnson & Johnson doing the same thing. And it was around 50 plus years where they covered up that the uh, baby powder also caused uh, health issues. Go back to that episode if you want to find out a little bit more. But um, it's not really disputed anymore that the tobacco industry hid a lot of information and they did a misinformation campaigns and they did a lot to really trick people into believing tobacco use was not cancerous or was not a, a health concern. In fact, uh, I think when it started, it was, uh, it was a, there was health benefits. There were health benefits to it that, that were being reported by doctors and scientists. So where did that come from? And I believe it came from uh, the misinformation campaign that the tobacco industry paid for. So the, is there a president when it comes to hiding the truth, the government hiding the truth about health from the people? Uh, I just answered that. Yes, of course, because we already know tobacco, but that, that's one, one of the obvious ones. Uh, I listed Johnson & Johnson and the baby powder. That's uh, less obvious, but also uh, more current and recent. Um, but what about the uh, use when it comes to asbestos? That was a, that was a popular one. There was there were people talking about that uh, for a long time, uh, and they just ignored the research and they kept putting out more and more asbestos. Uh, what about the X-rays? So here's what's interesting about X-rays: when they first uh, got into the mainstream, they were used in shoe stores. That's right, shoe stores. What could they possibly be used for in shoe stores? It's called the fluoroscope, and it was used to measure the foot and how it sits in the shoe. So this is unnecessary amount of known, known immediate danger radiation up from the floor, from the bottom of the machine, through the feet, and into the uh, genitals and the... Uh, the upper hat through the whole body like it, it sends the signal the the x-rays all the way up from the feet up directly so um this was going on for a very long time before it was illegal and once again this information was known to the government and known to the people who in the military as well i mean uh military the people who probably made the machine uh knew that x-rays were not very good for people, uh, but it was a long-term issue, and people did have to get their their leg amputated. Their one one shoe model had to get her leg amputated. Uh, salesmen would have burns on their hands, and they didn't really know why. And uh, and yeah, and and this form of capitalizing on on the ignorance of people when it comes to certain things is done over and over and over and over again. So we should always be aware that these issues can be present even today, even though we think we're a little bit scientifically evolved than the people who uh, were around 50, 70 years ago, we are still capable of falling for the same uh, disinformation campaigns. And in fact, uh, 
the uh, cell phone companies, the telecommunication companies, have actually hired the same people who run, who ran the misinformation campaign for Big Tobacco, uh, and they have hired them again for the telecommunications. So that should kind of give you a heads up on if they're trying to be deceiving. It's the same as when people hired uh, Johnny Conkren, I believe. It was the, uh, whenever someone would hire Johnny Conkren, we pretty much would think this person's guilty. That's why they hired this guy who got this uh, other guy, O.J. Simpson, off on um, something that he was clearly guilty of. So um, same thing, I think, in my opinion. So. Uh, f what you'll find too about this uh, misinformation campaign is the same, very similar to what they did with Big Tobacco. So to Big Tobacco, what they did was they funded about half of the studies so that the scientists would say there's no conclusive evidence or um, there's no evidence. It's a typical story. So uh, they don't actually have to fund all of the research. They just have to find fund enough so that the conversation is a little bit unclear. And so that's anywhere from 30 to 50% or, or around 50% of the studies. So it doesn't take too much money to make the uh, conversation confusing. Now, a division of the World Health Organization known as the International Agency for Research on Cancer, or ERC, I'll just leave it at, the uh, IARC. So did a 10-year, $30 million study specifically on the effects of cancer uh, and its uh, involvement with radiation emitted from cell phones. So the, and, and, and its potential for brain cancer as well. So a, a couple different things, but basically for cancer and radiation. So they found after 10 years, $30 million, they found no increased risk quote. So however, they did say that heavy users uh, that uh, had heavy users of cell phones had 80% increased risk of glioma, which is a brain tumor, a, a very uh, threatening, life-threatening brain tumor. So after uh, 10 years of use, that's what that was about. But the, uh, so the definition though of heavy user was two hours of cell phone use per month. So eventually, um, the, that doesn't sound like actually a, uh, a heavy user to me. But anyway, so eventually cell phones did get a bump in safety rating. I didn't believe it was actually after that, that uh, study, that 10-year study. Even though they found no conclusive evidence or no evidence, they still bumped up the, the uh, category of cancer risk up a notch or two to um, 2B, which is possible carcinogen. So um, interesting side note, other uh, 2B uh, category carcinogens are lead, gasoline, and talc, as in uh, baby powder. Uh, and some other 2B uh, category is, is Aloe vera, so that's kind of weird. Aloe vera leaf extract is listed as a possible carcinogen. Not sure why, um, but uh, but also in the same category as lead and gasoline. And I feel like there's probably a um, there should be a different rating system if aloe vera is in the same category as lead. But um, that's just my opinion. So. So how does the FCC determine safety of EMFs? So they use a mannequin named Sam. Why did they name it Sam? Because they 
named it Sam because it's specific anthropomorphic mannequin. So they just um, took a scientific name and they uh, made it say Sam. Anyway, specific absorption rate is determined by using this mannequin. The mannequin is 6'2", so that's 6 foot 2 inches, 220 pound male. Uh, so no red flags here, so I guess it's a completely okay. It's the like same one for one, apples for apples, when it comes to the children and adults who are not 6 foot 2, 220 pounds, who use cell phones. So um, it's, it's clear to me that this is a way for the government to water down the, the even their own testing, which they're not testing for um, the radiation, the type of radiation damage that can be caused by cell phones. They're testing for a raise in temperature when it comes to the mannequin and the cell phones. So, um, and yes, it does happen, but it, it takes longer. So it's enough to meet the, the current guidelines. So the current guidelines have nothing really, not enough to do with safety. So and it also doesn't measure the oxidation that comes from that this type of non-ionizing radiation, which we'll get into in a second. So now no one really debates that electricity affects affects the body, but the argument really is around ionizing radiation versus non-ionizing radiation. So ionizing radiation is the more is the less subtle radiation, where it is gamma rays and X rays and um, and a more obvious detrimental effect on the DNA. Now, non-ionizing EMF still causes very similar damage, but in a, a more roundabout way. And this is through increasing oxidation and the stress response in the body. And we'll be getting into that in a second. So the oxidizing effect, if you're not familiar with oxidation, it's similar to when you cut an apple and the apple begins to brown, it gets uh, older, it begins to oxidize. The same thing happens when people uh, grow older, uh, but this can be sped up through many different um, things in the environment that that increases oxidation. Now, the number, let's get into some of the typical effects. So the effect number one, increased oxidation, just spoke about that for a second. Now, so there are studies that show that calcium in the tissue and in plants, is, they are increased by the effect of EMFs. And this is through the voltage-gated calcium channel. So that's VGCC. So this is a signal that occurs with cells and if it can be affected by EMFs. So different parts of the body have greater amounts of VGCC, voltage-gated channel voltage-gated calcium channels. There we go. I'll just leave it abbreviated so I don't trip up too much more. Um, and these channels allow calcium that are extracellular, so outside of the cell, into the cell. And this is a normal function uh, of how minerals work, but what happens is it's increased artificially and without the typical response um, leading to the increase calcium in the cell. So if it sounds too um, too in the weeds, uh, I'll break everything down really simple. <laughs> so really simply as I, as I go. So these VGCCs are uh, located uh, or, or not one for one throughout the whole body exactly the same. In certain parts of the body there are more VGCCs uh, leading to more of a stress or calcium response uh, in different parts of the body. And these parts of the body are the brain, 
reproductive systems, uh, the um, hormones, and, uh, and also the blood pressure. So uh, these are the most affected most affected and the heart there you go and the heart so these are most effective affected systems by calcium imbalances and i've talked about how magnesium helps with that many times uh, feel free to go back to those episodes but um, these can lead to heart attacks these can lead to other heart problems memory problems um, reproductive problems poor sleep all these issues can be linked because they increase a, the artificially increase the stress response there's Practically, if you're if you're exposed to EMFs 24 hours a day, enough of them, uh, which many of us have a greater exposure than we're aware of, then you can it it would be very hard for you to turn off the stress. So that's why it's very important. So there's no basically no almost no way to turn off the uh, stress response that your body's having. Now, effect number two, so there are neurological effects. So many studies also link EMF exposure to autism, ADD, ADHD, poor sleep, and infertility, which I mentioned before. Um, and there are less noticeable symptoms. So ear ringing and popping and headaches as well can be linked to EMFs, and that's because um, many different reasons. So I'm not going to go down uh, that avenue. So next up, um, recently... Humans, this is, uh, I believe, in the last three years, I'll have the articles linked below, where humans have been found to have the world's most magnetic mineral in our brain. It's called magnetite. So that's right, magnetite. It is a iron oxide. It is, uh, like I mentioned, the world's most magnetic mineral. I have to say it more than once. Uh, and it is also found in honeybees and birds. So scientists believe that the magnetic mineral is used to interact with the weak, very uh, subtle Earth's magnetic field for navigation. So this is why uh, the increasing the the natural the your your environmental EMF by trillions and trillions and trillions of times over the natural occurring electromagnetic field could be an issue for life and um and yeah so this keep that in mind as we go on to the next one so the third one is the environment so the third effect on ems is with the earth's uh electromagnetic uh, environment as well so there's a there are just like the body has many different systems the Earth has many different systems in which it um, balances the day-to-day -day factors of life, like weather and life. So, so um, without getting too much into that, so the let's go back to the honeybees. So the honeybees, uh, the common narrative around why they're going to be extinct or why they're endangered right now, is because of climate change. So, what if it's not just climate change or what if it's all related to disturbing the the earth's already natural uh, electromagnetic field so yes this is a very real possibility they found that uh, increased uh, emrs it, it can change weather patterns as well so very interesting and of course like i mentioned a second ago the magnetite used or potentially used in honeybees 
um, for navigation. So they have already done studies on EMFs or EMRs when it comes to bees, and what they found is the hives exposed to more EMF or EMRs uh, had lower birth rates. They had um, more instances instances where the bees did not find their way back to the hive. So it does seem like there's a strong correlation between um, the electromagnetic environment uh, that the bees are in and their health as well. So, and uh, when it comes to other environmental factors, so EMFs have also been shown to increase or strengthen bacteria resistance. So um, that means that antibi antibiotics have less of an effect on bacteria exposed to EMS, and it also has the added one-two punch of lowering the immune system. So it uh, strengthens bacteria and also candida um, as well, and um, as well as the lowering of the immune system. So it's kind of a, a throwing things into worse of a balance for people, but um, yes, that is one of the other environmental issues. So last environmental effect is the global warming. So uh, I'm, I'm a little, um, I'm not sure where I stand right now because there's so much conflicting information on global warming. But the uh, EMF experts show that the EMF interaction, so our man-made EMF increase of trillions upon trillions of times of what's normally found in nature, um, and how it, how it influences the um, electromagnetic environments of the world uh, do show that it can change weather and it can uh, it seems to be linked to global warming as well so uh, there's that so so far for a uh, inconvenient truth it maybe it, that makes more sense um, than uh, just co2 having to be the only contributor uh, usually it's Everything's multifactorial when it comes to uh, problems. All right, so that's it for EMF 101. I honestly didn't want to overburden you with way too many things, uh, which I feel like I probably did anyway with the terminology. The um, oh, last thing to keep in mind: the Earth emits it emits a extremely low frequency EMF. So this is categorized as ELF, so E-L-F. So your body actually does respond to the very subtle, slow frequency that comes from the earth as well, and so do animals and plants. So keep in mind, if your body can detect and and uh, interact with the just subtle uh, electromagnetic field that the earth emits, then what does it do when there's something trillions of times higher and with a higher frequency. I mean, it's, it stands to reason that there's some effect and that it's not going to be natural. So um, anyway, so back to wrapping up this episode. So the mainstream conversation on EMF is typically nothing to worry about here, even though it upgraded the EMF um, cell phone category up to 2B possible carcinogen. Uh, and even though there are plenty of studies that link the uh, EMF exposure to neurological, reproductive, uh, hormonal, uh, stress-related, chronic diseases, cancer, all those different things. Um, and uh, the, you'll just find studies that say, well, there's not enough conclusive evidence. Well, they, you know, we've heard this conversation way too many times. Uh, and, and like I mentioned before, it came from tobacco, big tobacco. It comes from... Um, 
well, the telecommunication people right now, came from the Johnson & Johnson. It comes from um, practically everything that's really been x-rays, like I mentioned earlier, x-rays. Um, th this conversation comes and it is very similar to every other time in history when they these people cover up these conversations and they cover up the studies by just just providing enough conflicting information. They don't even have to provide anything good. Well, you'll notice when, it, when uh, these studies that you'll read, or if, if you decide to read them, what you'll find is that these studies give you nothing of real value, and all they do is is it just seems to be there to cast doubt. And um, and I don't think those studies benefit anyone. I think those are there purposely because they were paid by someone with a interest in um, in and skewing the conversation slightly away from whatever is uh, is there uh, bread bread winner no bread no whatever is their money maker I'll just say money maker all right so nothing I talked to you about uh, really is a short term uh, emergency problem it's always a long term chronic problem that can be reversed only by looking at long term solutions where it takes hard work and consistency to actually overcome the problem because problems these long-term problems don't just um, happen immediately either they build up over time so they take the direct opposite they take a a long-term rebalancing approach i hope today's episode was helpful i know um, i'll have a lot more emf uh, episodes and content in the future because i'm i'm just getting into the category of uh, research so stay tuned and share this information and keep the dialogue going because it's really important topic that we really should be discussing decades ago so if you would like more information like this subscribe new content will premiere every week if you need help with your health, uh, let me be the one to point you in the right direction or help you. So uh, email me at Matthew, that's M-A-T-H-E-W, at rootlvlwellness.com to set up a free exploratory call or to join my free health coaching group. Now, until next time, seek knowledge, take ownership, and take constant action. Well, one more thing. Links remember, are down below. I have uh, several citations and the and recommended book, which uh, I got a lot of this information from. So take care. See you next time.